Bible listeners, we've got a special sponsor uh, for today's episode. It is AG1. AG1 has been something that I've really enjoyed using in my spare time. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole source food nutrients in one scoop that you can use into your water. You stir it up. I use it before my workouts, before I start my day, and it has totally given me the energy I need to do the little things in life, like going to work getting extra, you know, an extra boost, a second wind, if you will, for a workout before I play pickleball with my friends, just, it puts you in a good spirit of mind and you know, you're doing the healthiest possible thing by putting AG one in your body. Make sure to check us out and get a special deal with the Bruin Bible. It's www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get the special deal that we provide. Once again, www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get that special deal. Now, back to the Bruin Bible. What is up and welcome to ESPN Radio 1090, the mightier, a Friday edition of the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, Jamal Madney in the house. Very special guest, former signal caller for the UCLA Bruins. My main man, Wayne Cook in the house. Wayne, so good to see you, man. I know school year is back up and running. He is a middle school teacher. Am I getting that correct? Yes, you are. I it's funny, man. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll crank you guys up a little bit. I, I've been dealing with, I have a, two classes right now with 38, 13, and 14-year-olds in it. 38 <laughs> students in one class. How the heck do they expect us to teach with that kind of environment? Man, it's unreal. I don't know how you do it on a day-to-day basis. I think my patience would run out. Uh, but we got to talk some Bruins, man. I'm really excited for us to get back on the field this weekend. Uh, coming off of a tough loss to Utah a couple weeks ago. A lot of ways we can start off with this, but I want to get your overall thoughts on Dante Moore thus far. 850 yards roughly through the air, eight touchdowns, two interceptions in the street starts, but you know, struggled mightily against Utah, which I think is totally fair. And I think a lot of the fan base is you know kind of coming after him. The thing with starting Dante Moore in a true freshman is you got to live with some of the freshman mistakes. Yes, he had the pick six. Yes, he had the fumble. You know, 15 of 35, 234 yards and interception that game. But, you know, made the incredible play on fourth down to get to Carson Ryan, kept us in the game, touchdown pass to Josiah Norwood, and really was, you know, a drive or two away from having UCLA either playing for overtime or a victory later in the game. Talk to me about your thoughts on Dante, because I think some of the criticism is unfair to the young Yeah, players. well, first of all, I don't know if people grasp how hard college football is. Um, and I, I don't – I, I mean, people get so excited. Oh, he's got five stars. He's got five stars. We've had plenty. We've had first round draft choices. Go back and watch Tommy Maddox and, and, and Cade McNown. You saw flashes of them being great as freshmen, but they also had as many turnovers as they had touchdowns. They, they typically were around 500 teams. I think Tommy was, I think they were both five and six or close to it. Um, and so it's hard. I mean, I know that, um, you know, Josh Rosen, it feels like his freshman year might have been his best year. It kind of, but remember, he played for an offensive coordinator 
that was kind of a one side of the field read guy. And and he had such great arm talent. He didn't have to read the whole field. Uh, this is a pro style offense. Um, I try to tell everybody that will listen to me. He's going to play against future NFL players that are bigger, faster, stronger. The defensive coordinator is a stud. He's going to see looks he's never seen before. He's going to get hit harder. Everything's going to move faster. Like you saw the the miss he had to Logan Loya. Uh, he, yeah. he never misses that throw. He, he completes it 100% of the time in practice. But when you're having to speed up your clock and deal with an environment that's insane, it's loud, it's crazy. And even though the game was always kind of close, it felt like offensively we were kind of getting whooped. It just felt like that. We couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, um, I know people, Coach Kelly came out and talked about, you know, because I thought a couple of times they really crashed down hard. And maybe he could have kept it. But Coach Kelly's right when he says that, you know, you don't know what the play call was. It might not have even been a zone read. It just might have been a zone run. You know what I mean? So, like, sometimes the call tricks us. And even a guy that's played quarterback, like, I don't know what the call was. Um, he's not going to run like DTR, but he does need to keep it some if that's the play. But he could also do the RPO, the, the, the run pass part. That's what I think down the road I think he's going to excel at. So this isn't a knock on him, but I, I just wish people would remember that he – I mean, even Dorian Thompson-Robson, right? Remember his first year or two? Just tons of mistakes. Now, now Dante's a million miles ahead of this because he the, what, the way he was – you know, he wasn't a receiver in high school like, like Dorian was. He's got so much brain power. He's so cerebral. He's such got, got great leadership abilities. And he still had a chance to win that game. He had a touchdown pass dropped which was perfect. It was actually the same play that they scored on later in the game than Josiah Norwood. So we were just so close. The pick six was, you know, I mean, sometimes you're on quarterback guys, you know this, we've heard it a million times. They lock in with their eyes. And I'm not going to lie to you. I noticed it in the first three games that he was doing that too. And against lesser opponents, um, you get away with that. And so um, I'll, I'll add one more thing. Will. I was watching one of the snippets you had on, on social media. Um, let's be really honest right now that was the first good team we played and we haven't played a Grayson McCall was a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but they're not, the Chanticleers are not setting the world on fire right now. Yeah. That, that was in that Utah offense. And we learned this for Oregon state is terrible. Like they're terrible without their tight end and their quarterback. So we're about to enter the real world right now. Washington state's defense is not nearly as good as Utah's. Utah's defense is awesome. Well, we're going to play some offenses coming up, a lot of them. And so the defense has been awesome, but we're still going to have to see. So Dante's fine, but he's still a freshman. And he and every week, what do you think you're doing if you're a defensive coordinator? How can we confuse this young man? How can we bait him into a pick? How can we, And it happens so often with young quarterbacks. No, it's such a great point, Wayne. And, you know, you alluded to it here in terms of the transition. It's uh, it's uh, bring your child to work day coming up here the next two weeks now with uh, Washington State and Oregon State. Wayne, how do you see this game with Washington State play out? You alluded to it. They're an un- undersized defense, undersized front seven. Don't have a terrible number of sacks or interceptions, but they got that guy Cam Ward on the other side of the field. Three elite receivers. And if you look at September and college football, I don't think there's a greater argument for MVP of his team more than Cam Ward is the MVP of Washington State. So 
I think you're assuming we're going to be able to move the ball easier with Washington State, but it's going to be more strained defensively. How do you see that game playing out, and, and what are some matchups you like there? Well, what a great question. And I'll, I'll, I'll tie you into the last question on Dante Moore, too. You can't hold the ball in the Pac-12 with one hand in the pocket. He had a couple of fumbles, right? You can't do that either. It's the interception was bad enough. The fumbles are bad, too. Um, so that's going to – ball security is going to matter. You, you can't struggle on offense to the point against teams like this because you might be chasing, right? Because I have a feeling that they're going to score. You mentioned Cam Ward and how he's – I mean, he's just, he's moved up into the top five in a lot of people's Heisman trophies list. Yeah. He's been that good. Like, you can watch Michael Penix throw, and then you turn on Cam Ward, and you go, oh, my God, dude, this guy spins it. Like, I don't think he has as big of an arm, but he spins it, man. He throws a beautiful spiral. We think that uh, uh, Victor Lincoln uh, or Lincoln Victor, excuse me, might be hurt, right? Upper yeah. upper ankle. Um, but Josh Kelly and Kyle Williams, in my opinion, are the two best two best receivers they have. They're the most explosive. They For make sure. plays all over the field. They're really, really good players. So they're going to be explosive. But here's the whole key. This is the way I look at it. You should be able to run the ball against Washington State. Oregon State, even though they lost, they they did it. Uh, UCLA's run game was so bad. And let's be honest, when you watch Chip Kelly's teams, they when they were good, we're running the ball. Problem is Charbonnet's knocking over people up in Seattle and then kicking butt. And our, our other two running backs who have been so good all year just disappeared last week. And I'm not saying it's their fault because offensive line, we're learning something about them too. We have three other guys from last year's team that are in the NFL right now. And the offensive line maybe had their first game where they were a little bit shaky. So, uh, to me, it's more about the running game. And if the running game's going, I think that elevates Dante more to where he doesn't have to be the hero. And he can just do what he's great at, which is, he's, he's guys, he's got such a great arm. But we have to be able to run the ball and give him time to throw. Yeah, I completely agree on that. Let's pivot to the other side of the ball. The defense, Wayne, has been special at times for UCLA in the first four games. New defensive coordinator, DeAnton Lynn, in that Utah game, man, I think in every other year you would have seen that defense kind of fold and fade away. It's clear we've got some toughness in there, some heart and some hunger on not only the defensive line, but the linebacking unit, the secondary playing well early. And I was looking at some of the stats coming into this week's game, and I know some of these will probably even out given with how good the offensive talent is within the Pac-12. But just reading this out loud, UCLA defense is ranked nationally sixth in points per game allowed, eighth in total defense, tenth in rushing defense. These are numbers that we have never seen with a Chip Kelly-like team. It's incredibly impressive to see what they've done. You know, and it's early, but talk to me about your early returns from DeAnton Lynn. Well, I've been raving about him. Dan Lynn's been great. Uh, the, the the other defensive coaches have been great. I love the staff. Um, our front seven is mature. They're guys that have played a ton of football. They've got depth. Um, we need to talk about the four in the middle, uh, Jay, Toia, and Gary Smith, the third, and then uh, the, uh, Williams, um, David Magna. I mean, these guys have been doing a great job. I mean, listen, Utah, as bad as they are throwing the ball, they can run the ball. I don't care who the running back is. And they had a very good running quarterback, too, and we just absolutely stoned them in their running game. But – when teams throwing the ball a lot, you got to change things up a little bit. So um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, Davies is playing a lot more at corner. And I know yeah. Devin Kirkwood is, is fighting to get his butt back on the field. I know he wants it really bad, which I love, by the way. It, it adds competition. You know, when you're a player that's had as much praise as Kirkwood has, I promise you he wants to play. 
but the secondary has been really, really good against subpar throwing teams. We forced turnovers. We've done it's it's been awesome. So what I'm looking forward to is is the defensive pass rush getting to Cam Ward. You have to get to Cam Ward. You have to make him uncomfortable and force him to get rid of the ball early. If you can do that, you can force some turnovers. If you don't do that, it's gonna I, it's gonna be a long day. And it's going to be a shootout, and we'll see if, if our offense can keep up. So I'm excited about the defense, but I'm a little anxious, too. I almost feel like I'm watching our defense play against a real Pac-12 school. Because think about it, you guys, Colorado. <laughs> well, Oregon's way better this year. DJs, they're not great. But I mean, Oregon State, they're not great. But, like, as you go through the list, we're going to play totally different types of teams. So I just – let's see what the pass defense looks like. I, that's what I'm anxious to find out. Yeah, Wayne, I mean, it's such a great point and kind of segues to, to what I wanted to ask you and that it's interesting you mentioned Penix because the comp for me a little bit in terms of matchup in this game was like last year's Washington game when Penix came in with his trio receivers. And I think the the unsung hero of that game, really the MVP of that game was Stefan Blaylock in terms of his interceptions, him being able to call out that defense and I feel like we're still missing that captain of the secondary, the guy who's going to galvanize this group, put them in the right positions, demonstrate the leadership, and then also sort of perform on the field. How do you feel about that, what I just said? And, and B, if you agree, who do you see as kind of emerging as the, the Blaylock era parent to kind of round us out defensively? So first of all, that's, you, you make great points, you guys. That's, that's why I have so much fun coming on this show. It's good stuff. Um, I, I love what you said because the Washington-Utah games back-to-back last year was my favorite part of UCLA football in a long time. Like, I was really just like, wow. And then, and I'm, I'm going to get to your question in a second, but then what I always tell people is that, like, the, any championship team, whether it's one that I played on, I can go through and there's certain moments in certain games where you don't win a championship unless that play happens, unless that interception happens, unless that first down play happens, unless – that broken tackle. I mean, I'm just, it's always three, four, five plays. It's not much more than that throughout the whole year where you had a game that could go either way. We were right there and we lost three of our last four last year. And we, and we could have won all. So it was just one of those things that like, God, this team, when is it going to get over the hump? We should have beat Utah last week. We let that slip away. You're not going to get them without those guys. So anyway, that being said, I am already a huge Kamari Ramsey fan. Mm. I think that guy has a chance to be special. He's big. He's strong. And really, when you look at him and Churchwell in the back there, they're both like Blaylock was good hitter, right? He liked to. These two guys are bigger, and they hit even harder. And they're and I'm like, oh, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. I think Kamari Ramsey's going to be uh, someone we're going to need to watch, and I think he gets better every week. Um, I'll add this in too, and he's going to matter this week. How good was Kane Madrano last week. Mm. Oh, man. And that dude is playing like like an All-American right now. And do you think that he's going to be a valuable linebacker who can stay in the game and stop the run? He can get a sack, but he can also cover people because he runs like the freaking wind. Like, that guy is going to be valuable when you play some of these spread teams because you don't have to take him out of the game and put in another DB. He's a linebacker that can stand and cover people. Yeah, man. And to kind of segue, I love to shout out players that have been in the program and have been there for a long time and have made impacts. The two walk-ons, Josiah Norwood, Alex Johnson, have been here for a long time. Wayne, I know we've talked about Alex Johnson, but Josiah was a name that didn't really come up in spring ball 
or fall ball for that matter, which is how loaded this receiving core is. Josiah making two huge touchdown catches in the first four games. Alex Johnson looking like an absolute stud out there on the defensive backfield. Talk to me about how good these players have been and how them being in this Chip Kelly system has allowed them to kind of break out in year six for each of these guys. UCLA has such a great history of walk-on players um, doing their thing, man. It's, 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 it goes way back. And so um, to me, um, we've always seen flashes of Josiah. Like it's really weird because it almost feels like, and this isn't a knock on Keegan, but it almost feels like he's been more Keegan than Keegan. Mm. You know what I mean? Keegan, like I'm still waiting for him to emerge because in Chip Kelly's teams of the past, he always had that speed. And I heard uh, we had um, Josiah on the Bruin Insider show this week, and he uh, he he talked about how so he was really humble about it. He's like, yeah, I think I'm one of the fastest guys. And when you see him, <laughs> he talked about getting close to 22 miles per hour on that touchdown at the beginning of the season. I'm like, because oh. yeah. he was moving like a real person. I was like, dang, I didn't know he was that fast. I knew he was fast. I didn't know he was that fast. So I love that they're using him. It'll be interesting to see because I hope he still gets when Titus starts playing again because we really don't know what's going on there. Um but, man, Cam Brown showed speed. Um, now that he's healthy, we didn't even really know he was banged up at the beginning of the year. And hes I've heard from several people that they love him at Z on the other side of J-Mike. Mm. Um, but I love that. And then on the other side, uh, Will, we talked about it in the offseason. Um, Alex uh, has been a guy that just every time I go to practice, he makes an interception. He gets a fumble recovery. He just does something. And he's kind of a skinny, intelligent, smart guy. I'm like, But he's a heck of a football player with such instincts that you can't keep them off the field. So you really root for guys like that because they're scholars and athletes. I mean, these are guys that are probably going to make a lot of money doing something other than playing football, to be honest with you. Um, I hope they get their chance. I'm not saying they're not going to, but they don't need football to be successful. And I, lo- I love that about those guys. That's awesome to hear, Wayne. And piggybacking off of Will a little bit in terms of the unsung heroes on this team, I want to talk about a guy that may be a little underutilized, Wayne, and I want to get your take, especially as you were talking about the Dante RPO game and the evolution. I also feel there's maybe an opportunity for Dante to use the check down more uh, and and sort of not sort of look for the huge play all the time in the face of the rush. Tell me a little bit about Kyle Ford. I feel like that's kind of the missing piece a little bit in this offense where he's got the athleticism of a wide receiver, the build of a tight end, he can really gobble up those intermediate yards to give J. Mike more room, to give Loya that that room underneath on those crossers. How do you feel about the Kyle Ford utilization? I, I like Kyle Ford. I, but remember, and I'm going to go back to this because I'll say this, He's uh, I know they're high on Cam Brown, and they both are playing the same position right now. So, and, and, and I think Cam's a little bit faster, but Kyle's got that speed and ability to separate. Um, I feel like he's been a little frustrated um, I, I know that, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I imagine uh, the receivers, in, other than probably Logan Loya, I, and I'm going to say this in a very positive way, I think they're probably all frustrated right now hmm. because we have such a good unit. I think so Jake is good as there is. Logan Loya's had a very good year so far, and I hope he just keeps having a good year, and I wish he would have got that touchdown against Utah because he was wide open. I think that our tight end um, – is Ryan. Yeah. I mean, Carson, Ryan, I think he's legit, like legit, legit. Like to be honest with you, we can give Dante more credit for that one down the sidelines at the end of the Utah game. I'm sorry, but that's all big man. He just threw it up. The guy had to come back and get it. 
And so he's really, really good. I think Ford and Cam are really, really good. I mean, I'm just like, there's so many weapons that I think once we get going into the season, you guys, and we, we keep running the ball well, and Dante gets more comfortable. You mentioned checkdowns. There's always someone open. I mean, like, it's really easy, and I hope the fans understand this about watching quarterbacks. Like, when you call play, the quarterbacks don't see the whole field like you do on TV. Their eyes don't work that way. They right. can't see both sides of the field at the same time. And if you, you have to kind of feel the coverage and then know what's on the other side. I know that sounds really crazy, but that's part of being a quarterback. You just kind of have to know. I saw Caleb Williams do it the other day, and it was like one of the simplest things in the world. Here's a guy that's electric and runs around and does all that stuff, and he starts on the right. And the next thing you know, it's just boom, 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 and he throws a curl to the backside. And I'm sitting there, and Joel Klatt on the radio goes, that was a really good job of him going through his percussions. And my, my instinct is no bleep. Like, that's brilliant. But we don't notice it a lot in today's college game because there's so much one side of the field or you only have a couple of reads. And to see a guy go through his progressions that fast and get to your backside, which is always open, by the way, because everybody moves with your eyes and that backside's always open – but you have to kind of know it's there. You have to, or sometimes it's not the curl. There's a flat back there too. So you get through your whole thing and there's a running back standing there all by himself. We all see it on TV, but it's really hard for the quarterback to get to that point. So I, going back to Kyle Ford, I think he's going to get his. I don't mind when receivers are frustrated as long as, as far as I've ever been a quarterback or a broadcaster, they're always frustrated. They always want more catches. They always want the ball and they're always open. And you know what? I love it. Yeah, keep getting open, and hopefully the quarterback gets in the ball. Hey, we got to ask you, man, where are you leaning towards in prediction time when it comes to this weekend against Washington State for our UCLA Bruins? Oh, oh you know what? This is because I just told a buddy of mine, my, my old tight end, Rick Daly, he's texting me, and I'm like, dude, must win. Yeah. Yeah. It's a must win. Like, if you look at SC schedule, they've got a gauntlet. If you look at UCLA schedule, and by the way, I'm not belittling any of our opponents because trust me, I think, I think everybody's getting better. But if you have two weeks right now, you have Washington State at the Rose Bowl, who's the 13th-ranked team in the nation. And by the way, we're favored. Okay? So people show up to the Rose Bowl. And then you got Oregon State on the road, which is kind of like going to Utah. It's a really hard place to play. You get through that, and really, SC's – I know Colorado's in there too. Don't, be, don't get me wrong. But, like, when I see teams that aren't elite on defense, it makes me happy. Because I think we'll be able to run the ball and move the ball. Utah was the best defense we'll play all year, right? So, like, it, I think there's opportunity there. And the way our defense is playing, we might be some of the best defenses these other teams have played all year. So we win this game at the Rose Bowl. Um, I, I, I hope, and again, I'm going to say this all on our run game. If we have a good game running the ball, I, I think it's over. If we don't, that changes my mind a little bit. I think we're going to struggle if we can't run the ball at all. Uh, no, Wayne, you know, thanks so much again for, for all the time and the insights. It's so interesting what you were saying because in a lot of ways, I couldn't agree with you more that this is a must win. There's a so th these two games and there's a little bit of a softer piece of the schedule and then SC at the end. And especially when you look at sort of the murderer's row of the Pac-12 this year, you know everyone's going to beat up each other. You can get to that title game with two conference losses, depending on the tiebreak, and then it's it's anybody's ball game. And, and if you have less than that, I mean, you're really in the driver's seat. And it's so interesting because we're coming off a bye and we're at home. So, you know, it was sort of the perfect storm for this game. Wayne, I know you talked about running game. You talked about pass rush. Who's maybe an unsung guy that we're not talking about on either side of the ball that you expect to kind of break out given the matchup and the circumstance? Well... 
I mean, we haven't talked about the running backs at all. I, I mean, yeah. I think I think Carson and TJ are going to be big going forward, and, and really that ties into the real people. Like Duke Clemens is a player that I I, I know we brought up quite a bit in, in going into the season because when you have an inexperienced line, having an experienced center who's played a ton of football matters a ton. But you know, sometimes when we look at offensive line play, because to me it's it's that whole group that's going to really matter. I don't think we can win a championship if we don't play well up front. Like there's too many, there's, you know, even Washington state, like their defensive front's not great, but they'll bring a lot of different looks. They're going to, they're going to twist. They're going to stunt. They've got athletes um, that play there. And so they can be disruptive. And so when UCLA's offense is under Chip Kelly, like as much as I feel like we've, well, we struggled in one game, but we're still what 25th or 26th. I mean, we're still up pretty high um, in the nation in offense, but that offensive line, um, you know, they've been rotating guys at, at guard and, and, and tackle. And like, I know Carlin and, um, uh, and some of them, they've been rotating and I know we're getting, uh, what, what's his, uh, uh, he's just started playing again. He's been hurt. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but like we, we've got some guys that are rotating in, but we kind of have to solidify that group because yeah. as long as I've been covering college football, it, unless you have a really good offensive line, I, you, you're, you're just dreaming. And so, you know, that group's going to have to come together and play play really, really well for this whole thing to work. Yeah, Wayne, I want to talk about one of the stars of the team, Laiatu Latu. And you've been somewhat of an ambassador to UCLA football, you know, since you played quarterback for them. You've seen a lot of the greats come through those doors. Talk to me about Latu. Is he in the rarefied air of some of the best ever strap it on from the defensive end position? Because you talk about what he did last year, missing two straight years of football, 10 and a half sacks, Comes into this year with the expectation, this is quoted in the Ben Bolch article, I'm going for 15. And even Madman and I are huge Latu fans. We're like, we love it. You know, let's try to get to double digits first before we say anything. This guy's got four sacks in four games and didn't even have one against Utah, but has been absolutely wreaking havoc off the edge to a point where he's now looked upon as arguably a top 10 pick in the NFL coming draft. Is he up there with the bars? Is he up there with the Kendricks? Is this guy... You know, by the time he leaves UCLA, is he going to be amongst some of the greats to ever walk through those doors? You know, it's funny, man. Um, I, I ran into him at the hotel before um, before the game in Utah, and he was so excited to play. Like, he couldn't yeah. wait. And I I, I love – I say it was him and um, Jay Tawia. And I'm like, man, I'm like just – first of all, I was a little nervous because I was in an you know, offensive player in a, in a elevator with those two guys. But um, – <laughs> They were they were just like excited to play football and, and you saw it in, in the game. They lived up to everything. I mean, Latu does not have to get sacks to be effective because you have to know where he is. You have to deal with him. Like everybody sees him on film. I mean, he's as as advertised. He's that good. Um, I'll compare him. Like it's funny. We had a guy here a few years ago that transferred and now is doing his thing in the NFL that I thought had all the ability in the world. Jalen Phillips. He can never get healthy. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. Yeah. He can never get healthy. He can never figure it out. You know, it just never worked out. And I think he had to medically not play here, and then he went somewhere else, and he's doing great. Like, that's kind of the body type that he has. Like, he's big and athletic. I played with a guy named Jameer Miller back in the day. I also played with a guy uh, named Roman Pfeiffer back in the day. Oh. These are really big, like guys that just, that they were just, they, they were the guys that had great NFL careers, right? So to compare them to those three who were all doing their, and Anthony Barr, remember Anthony Barr was never the defensive end to me. He didn't seem big enough. 
you know, he didn't quite have that same body. Like when you, he looked like a, a running back and a freak athlete that was kind of a hybrid linebacker. And trust me, Anthony Barr is great. Wasn't he a running back in high school before? He was. And he yeah, almost yeah. When he came to UCLA. <laughs> and very, very tall running back. But like the idea is, is that when you look at Latu, he's got the defensive end physique. Yeah. He really does. And so and he's a big man, man. I'm like, he's kind of, he's so tall. He doesn't look like, but I mean, he's got some weight on him. I mean, I don't know. What does it list him as? He's 250. I mean, at least, isn't he? Yeah, 250. Like, yeah, about 260. Yep. So, I guess I would, I would spend a first round pick on him because he's got um, agility. He's got speed. He's got a motor. Like, don't forget about that one. Oh, the motor. motor quality for these athletes is when I watch this defense, there's no quit. And when I watch all their practices in the offseason, and we can go back to talking about Dan Lynn too and what he's brought, they play so hard and they practice so hard. And I, I think I told you this before, Will. Uh, Latu, when they do certain drills and after they're done, they have to sprint off to the side and then they get ready for their next drill and then they sprint. And, and I'm like, he's working harder than everybody and he's a preseason All-American. Like, that's what you want. And if you're a GM and you're listening to this show, which you should be, like, that's the kind of crud that, like, there's all kinds of guys with talent. But then you see videos of them, like, you know, smoking pot with their girlfriend or, like, dogging it in the field or, you know, quitting in the fourth quarter of a game where they're down two touchdowns. And that's not Latu. He is busting his butt every play he's out there. And that's, and, that, and when you add that to talent, that's pretty good stuff. No, that's great stuff, Wayne. Absolutely. And, Wayne, I want to kind of flip it back on the other side of the field. We talked running game a little bit, but I, I want to sort of double click on that, particularly as we get into this game on Saturday. How are you enjoying this two-headed monster of, of Steele and Harden? What are you seeing that you really like? It feels to me like order matters a little bit on Saturday, where you want to start off with Steele, kind of wear down this undersized front seven, and then go to Harden for the home run and really the big gashes. How are you kind of seeing this two-headed monster on Saturday and, and just beyond? Yeah, I, I really like it. I'll go back to when, you know, Zach Charbonnet, we, we know now, because <laughs> we're watching him and Bobo and, and come do their thing in the NFL with Seattle, which I never thought I'd root for a Pete Carroll team, but I, <laughs> um, I mean, whatever. It's been, it's been long enough, right? I, I can, I, it's been great. But when, when Zach had another running back, whether it was Britton Brown, or Demetri Felton or someone else to kind of share the load. Yeah, I think it really helps. I don't think even in the NFL, you don't want run one running back. I mean, Charbonnet's got Walker, right? So yep, like exactly. that's that's what you want. And so to have those two and then to still have a couple other guys that can come in and Atkins and uh, and Yankoff and, and just add that size. Like when you play a team that's like Utah, it may not be as effective. But when you bring in those beasts and you run them against a team that's maybe a little bit undersized a little bit not quite as big and physical like washington state now we're talking because you, you beat him up a little bit i think tj has a little bit more explosiveness i think you guys have probably seen that on film like he's a little bit quicker yeah. to the hole i noticed this against utah a little bit i, I kind of was like come on come on carson come on come on you know just put your foot in the ground and go we might not get more than three but you need to get three and so that's something that i think that he'll learn after playing at ball state being in the pac 12 now is that there are moments where you, and trust me, this is not a knock on Carson Steele. He's been awesome. I love the guy. He runs so hard and he beats people up as you get, as you guys just pointed out. But you, you, you gotta make, when you make, you commit, you gotta go. Yeah. You, gotta, you can't be pitter patter. You gotta one cut and go. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I ask Madman this every week when we go into an episode. So am I allowed okay, to call okay. him Jamal or do I have to call him Madman? Wayne, mean, you can call whatever. him anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> call him whatever, man. Call him whatever. The Madman is our nickname for him at LAFB, so we got to go with that. But we ask for one player on offense and one player on defense. You're going to highlight. You're going to be watching for. You're going to be really evaluating come Saturday's contest against Washington State. Give me one on offense and give me one on defense that you're excited to see a strap on the helmet this weekend. Gosh, that's such a good question. Um, I'll go with – because I'm, I'm enamored with no matter how much we try, you guys, on offense. I don't know what it is, and I'm sure it's part of what Chip Kelly does. The slot receiver and the tight end still are focal points, no matter how good our outside guys are. I'm hoping that as, as Dante grows up and gets everybody will be utilized more. Um, I'm going to go with this week. I think Carson Ryan's going to have a very good game. So I'll go with him at tight end. Um, and then on defense, let's go with Jalen Davies. I think he's, he's, he's won us a, a starting job and I know we don't have starters on this team. We have guys that play, um, but I think he's earned it. And I think he's he's got that. And this type of game, I think the corners matter a ton. And so um, I think it's going to be Jalen Davies that's going to ball out. I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic, Wayne. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And I, I and that that was Will. That was your pick earlier in the week. Was was Davies in particular? No, it wasn't. Come yeah. on, man. I mean, it makes me seem like I was. Wayne, cheap. did you secretly watch earlier and take Will? Well, I answer? watch all the time, guys. But like, I, I don't. It's hard to not turn on my social media feed and not see you guys all the time. Jalen Davies has been good, you guys. He's always had speed and athleticism. But I'm telling you, he had a play. I think it was the Utah game where, and again, you guys, we know where we get sick of this over the years, but a, a corner that actually got their head around. And, 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 and even though there was a little bit of contact, if you get your head around at the right time, they're never going to call it. And he did it so well that I was like, oh, man, I, I just love seeing plays like that. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, I'm going to give you the last question, and then, Will, you can, you can wrap it up here. A little bit of a wild card on this one. A little bit on special teams. And there's been conversation about kind of Yankoff being the return man. And yeah. especially when you're talking about this log jam at receiver, it's so competitive. Hey, there's an opportunity to get some touches for some of these the faster guys, Cam Brown, even a Jaden Marshall, for instance, even Keegan, for instance. Do you feel like there may be a missed opportunity there to get an opportunity for three or four more explosive plays? over the course of a four-quarter game? I know that sometimes on our podcast, our, our podcast, our broadcast on game day, I know uh, it's funny because Lewin sometimes is like, I don't know. He doesn't ever say it, but he's, it sounds like he's <laughs> not sure. I really like Colson Yankoff and what he brings. I think sometimes the problem when you're a return guy is your zero to 60 speed, your acceleration. You know, sometimes with those really electric fast guys, they – get there faster and it puts more pressure on the defense. So I, I'm never going to be one to judge the coaching staff because I'm not there every day. Um, I, Keegan's out there. He's just the guy that's up a little bit on the other side. Um, but I, I believe they're, they're trying to put the best players out there to win. I don't know if you guys remember this uh, a few years back. Remember it was always a fair catch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, 
I remember it was funny because I remember like people would ask Chip Kelly about that all the time. He'd say, we're one of the best starting field positions in the country. And it was almost like the analytics said that if you just take the ball on the 25-yard line, right. you're starting better than most of the people that return it. Because now people are learning that if you have a high kick that lands on around the goal line, you're probably going to be better off than if you just pound it out of the end zone. Right. So it, it's tricky. So I don't have a good answer to that question. I don't, I, I, yeah, you know, we'll probably, Yankoff's probably going to break one this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, kick returners are, are to me, like, you, we want them all to be Kyle Phillips, right, on punt returns and have a bunch of those big plays that make us all really excited. Or Matt Slater, way back in the day, who in my opinion was one of the best return guys we've ever had. Um, still playing, by the way. Um, but, like, it's, it's insane. Um, so I don't know. We need some big plays, though. Talked about it earlier. Special teams, whether it's a kick or punting, I think at times can be a little bit better. Um, those things matter. Like, think about field position in the Utah game. We were always backed up. It was, it was always – It was a yeah. huge thing, right? And their punter was really good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Wayne, I want to thank you so much from Madman and myself. Absolutely. We love having you on, bro. This is always a blast. UCLA Bruins taking on the Washington State Cougars this weekend. Tune in. Pack the Rose Bowl, guys. We need to get a loud crowd out there cheering for UCLA. Fours up. Guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bruin Bible, we are officially 